Welcome to That You May Grow Thereby, a work of the Northern Kentucky Church of Christ. We are located at 18 Scott Drive in Florence, Kentucky. Our phone number is 859-371-2095. You can also visit us at www.nkcofc.com. And now, that you may grow thereby. Thank you for listening to That You May Grow Thereby. My name is Greg Littmer. I am one of the elders of the Northern Kentucky Church of Christ. And in today's episode, I'd like to talk to you about two subjects that go together. One is what lack I yet, and the other is the work of faith. And hopefully you'll be able to see how similar they are. In the 19th chapter of the Gospel of Matthew, we find one of the accounts of the rich young ruler. In verses 16 through 20, we read the following. And behold, one came and said unto him, Good master, what good thing shall I do that I may have eternal life? And he said unto him, Why callest thou me good? There is none good but one, that is God. But if thou wilt enter into life, keep the commandments. He said unto him, Which? Jesus said, Thou shalt do no murder, thou shalt not commit adultery, thou shalt not steal, thou shalt not bear false witness, honor thy father and thy mother, and thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. The young man saith unto him, All these things have I kept from my youth up, What lack I yet? I don't know if you've ever stopped to think about it, but that is a question that most people don't like to ask or even think about. Many people, instead of being interested in knowing where improvements can be made in their lives, resent having any lack called to their attention. But it is good for us all to think about this question. What lack I yet? It is so important for us to honestly to seek to understand where we can make improvements in our lives, in our service to God, and then to do it. It is so important to have the attitude that Paul demonstrated when he wrote, Brethren, I count not myself to have apprehended, but this one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forth unto those things which are before, I press toward the mark for the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. That was Philippians chapter 3, verses 13 and 14. With Paul, there was no room for complacency or satisfaction. There was always more that could be done, and always improvements that could be made. In 2 Peter chapter 1, verses 5 through 9, Peter wrote the following, And besides this, giving all diligence, add to your faith virtue, and to virtue knowledge, and to knowledge temperance, and to temperance patience, and to patience godliness, and to godliness brotherly kindness, and to brotherly kindness charity. For if these things be in you and abound, they make you that you shall neither be barren nor unfruitful in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. But he that lacketh these things is blind, and cannot see afar off, 
and has forgotten that he was purged from his old sins. What lack I yet? Well, how am I doing as far as virtue or moral excellence is concerned? How is my knowledge? At no time in history have Christians been better educated from a secular standpoint than we are right now. Yet how is the level of Bible knowledge for the average Christian today? How am I doing in the realm of self-control? If I have the knowledge of God's Word, do I have the personal discipline to abide by it? How about patience? Patience is steadfastness or perseverance. Will I bravely bear up and contend against trials, temptations, and even persecution? What about godliness? Do I truly evidence reverence and respect toward God? What lack I yet? I want to talk to you now about a work of faith. Paul's first letter to the Thessalonians begins in verses 1 through 4 with the following words. Paul and Silvanus and Timothy, unto the church of the Thessalonians, which is in God the Father and in the Lord Jesus Christ. Grace be unto you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. We give thanks to God always for you all, making mention of you in our prayers, remembering without ceasing your work of faith and labor of love and patience of hope in our Lord Jesus Christ, in the sight of our God and our Father, knowing, brethren, beloved, your election of God. For our purpose in this brief study, I want to focus upon a statement found in verse 3, your work of faith. Students of the Bible must understand that according to God, the faith that saves is an obedient faith. The greatest treatise on the glorious theme of salvation by grace through faith is undoubtedly the book of Romans. Consider how that book begins and how it ends. In Romans 1, 3-5, Paul wrote the following, Concerning his Son, Jesus Christ our Lord, which was made of the seed of David according to the flesh, and declared to be the Son of God with power, according to the Spirit of holiness, by the resurrection from the dead, by whom we have received grace and apostleship for obedience to the faith among all nations for his name. Note the phrase, obedience to the faith. The book closes with the following words found in chapter 16, verses 25 through 27. Now to him that is of power to establish you according to my gospel, and the preaching of Jesus Christ, according to the revelation of the mystery which has kept secret since the world began, but now is made manifest, and by the scriptures of the prophets, according to the commandment of the everlasting God, made known to all nations for the obedience of faith. To God only wise be glory through Jesus Christ forever. Amen. Again, note the phrase, for the obedience of faith. In God's word, faith and obedience are inseparable if we're talking about a faith that saves. When Paul wrote of the Thessalonians' work of faith, the word for work denotes a deed or an act, according to Vine's Expository Dictionary. 
So Paul was writing of their deeds or acts or works. The truth is that an inactive faith will save no one. To prove a person's faith, indeed as a very part of their faith, God requires obedience. To demonstrate this truth, simply consider Hebrews chapter 11, sometimes referred to as the Hall of Fame of Faith, and note the language used to describe saving faith. In verse 4 we find, By faith Abel offered unto God a more excellent sacrifice than Cain. In verse 7 we read, By faith Noah, being warned of God of things not seen as yet, moved with fear, prepared an ark to the saving of his house. In verse 8, By faith Abraham, when he was called to go into a place which he should after receive for an inheritance, obeyed. And in verse 17, By faith Abraham, when he was tried, offered up Isaac. In verse 29, we are told of the Israelites that by faith they passed through the Red Sea as by dry land. And in verse 30, By faith the walls of Jericho fell down, after they were compassed about seven days. Surely all can see that a faith that saves is a great deal more than a simple mental assent concerning the facts of the life of Jesus. We cannot invent good works to save ourselves. We are saved by doing God's works, not because they place God in the position of owing us our salvation, but because they are expressions of our faith. Our job is to do that which God's divine word has revealed he wants us to do. That is what the Thessalonians were doing. They were living their lives in obedience to God's revealed will. That was their work of faith. Thanks for listening.